Hey, welcome back. This is Measure of an Episode, as you know, where our continuing mission is to explore whether or not a Star Trek episode is a proper Star Trek episode, and not just good or bad TV. I'm Paul. And I'm not. We watched Voyager, a Voyager episode, season 7, episode 11, Shattered. And it was season 7, episode 10, not 11. Oh, right. Not 11. Right. Sorry. And again, like the last episode, I I thought, okay, I thought this episode was really good up until about the last 20 minutes and like kind of when they when they went into Tom Paris's holodeck. I know I'm getting ahead of us. Fun episode. Good episode. Um, Not a Star Trek episode. Actually, I haven't I haven't decided yet. I'm okay. I'm I'm on the fence. So okay. you might have to convince me either way. I, I just I. I feel like the idea of the whole time spheres thing, which I don't think is what they call it in the episode. No, because it wasn't really spheres. spheres. Yeah, there was like 17 no, different just sections. Yeah, sections. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so it starts out in kind of in, in Star Trek at its worst, in my opinion, which mm-hmm. is like we need to start out in a banal situation to kick off the episode. And not that they don't pay it off later. It's just boring. Like it could have totally started with him going through whatever, right? Like it could have, it could have started right when the action starts, when right. they, they realize that there's turbulence on the ship, right? He could have just been carrying his ale, whatever it was called, cider. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, right, his cider that he has to hide from me. Space cider. Yeah. But no, we have to start with the Borg babies. And right. I guess they wanted to introduce, they needed to introduce them because they, they, they're there later in the episode. Yes. But they didn't need to dedicate an entire banal scene. Well, right. They, they could have followed, instead of starting with Naomi and Ichab, they could have started with Chicote going into that warehouse. Like, it could have followed him walking in there and found them doing the puzzle. Like, it could have been the exact right. same scene, just from his perspective instead. He w- walks in, is grabbing the ale, and, you know, they're like, oh, we were supposed to be cleaning, but I wanted to help her with her tutoring, so please don't tell Seven. Right. Yeah, it was just a lot of, I don't know, information we don't really need or don't care about. Right. Turbulence on the ship. She's uh, Janeway's called to the bridge, and Janeway says, "What is it?" And Kim says, "I don't know." And then Janeway says, "Well, let's keep driving toward it anyway," right. <laughs> which they do. They're, they're flying towards it, and and so Ch- I don't remember how, but Chakotay gets shocked. Oh, he's in engineering, and he gets shocked. And they look at him, and he's like old on one. He's like old on one side of his face, and yeah, he's like, "Oh, interesting. What's gonna? Are we gonna have like?" Two Chakotes, like one old side and one young side, and he's going to be like arguing with each other. He's like, no, we must take a risk. And the old one's like, no, we must be conservative. That, That's what old and young people Right, I know. That, that also sounds like a horrible episode. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past this show. Uh, no, me neither. Me neither. So. But that doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. He wakes up in uh, sick bay, and the doctor informs him that he was chronologically out of sync in some way his alignment was was not good and i i did feel like so it, we learn in a few seconds because he's like hollow emitter what's that you can't come with me right and and i was like oh, okay i was like okay well this is probably the last time we'll have to deal with that kind of conversation well I actually somebody knows something right well but <laughs> oh how wrong you were <laughs> 
But I actually thought uh, with it with that comment, I thought it was an alternate timeline, even though I, I knew we were dealing with time spheres, but I didn't realize it was time travel. And so I actually thought it was an alternate timeline where they never received that technology. That's kind of where I thought it was going to go too. And it actually, they don't, they, they handle it, but not, I feel like not enough because they deal with so many alternate realities in this show that I feel like at this point in the, in the show, which is season seven. Yeah. Last season. So 10. Yep. Almost halfway through. That they would need to tell people, look, all this stuff happened. This is all stuff that you've seen before, right? This is nothing, this isn't yesterday's Enterprise or tomorrow's Enterprise, but they don't handle it that way. So I think that's where we were sort of expecting it to go. But in a way, they subverted our expectations, which doesn't happen a lot with this show. Right, and doesn't necessarily mean a good thing. (laughs) Well, clearly not. (laughs) Okay, so the first, the first, I guess not the first, the second uh, indication. By the way, uh, when Chakotay or when the doctor says, "What? What are you talking about? What's a hollow emitter?" He just sort of is like, "Oh, that's weird," and then goes about his day. Wouldn't there be more questions? Like, are you malfunctioning? What's going on? And why hasn't he called the bridge? Why is there nobody else in there? And so, so okay, so there should be more. He should already be asking questions, right? I got the impression that he needed. He like he wanted to find out what was happening by going to the bridge and getting information. Like, because if the doctor's like, they don't tell me anything. You know, then why am I going to ask you any questions? You're just going to get angrier about how they don't tell you anything. <laughs> True, but it's not as though he doesn't wake up to an urgent sick bay or an urgent doctor, right? It seems like, oh, everything seems to be okay. There's nobody in there, right? Mm-hmm. Normally when they want to do that, you wake up and there's like people, it's, it's a, it's a hysteria. Right. It's, when they, yeah, when it's they want there to be yeah. a lot of energy. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't happen. Right. So, okay. So then he goes and he runs into Seska. In engineering. He went to Sesco. He went to engineering first. I thought he went to the bridge first. No, he went to engineering. Oh, you're right. No, he goes to the bridge. Sorry. Okay. I messed that up. Okay. <laughs> There's so much in this episode. I just can't keep <laughs> I can't keep it straight. I can't unpack it fast enough. So okay, so he goes to the bridge and he they run into Janeway and she's got the bun. And so mm-hmm. immediately we're like This is oh, weird. God. Yeah. Yeah. So, and again, like when he talks to Harry and Harry's like, sir, do I know you? I, I again thought it was an alternate timeline. Yes. That's exactly what I thought. I was like, oh God, we have to have this conversation. Like, I'm just, I'm just, I'm dreading any conversation that comes with, hey, who are you? I'm this person that you've known all along. No, you're not. <laughs> but I am. And that, and I've just summed up the whole episode, by the way, <laughs> just now. I guess in that, in their exchange with Janeway, that they kind of established that this is, uh, before they've been thrust into the, the Delta Quadrant. Right. And so then they're going to take him to the bridge and they disappear. And they're dead, by the way. Oh, but wait, hang <laughs> on. You, right. <laughs> right. Well, okay, so there's there's two things. So um, he we, we do realize that it's time travel because he asks the doctor what the star date is. And he tells him and he's like... That's, that's later. That's later. That's not in he that doesn't person? ask... No, that's that's later when he goes to see the doctor again. So okay. he doesn't know. Okay, he doesn't know that he's time traveling. I, he may assume because he's seen the show before <laughs> that he might there might be alternate realities or something like that. But he doesn't know until he goes and sees the doctor again. But I, I want to say that because those two uh, security guys that were escorting him to the brig, they they disappear and die. Right. So that brings me to my other point. If if when you pass through the time sphere, you disappear and essentially you die, then how did he get teleported from engineering to sickbay? 
I don't know. And why? Where's the other Chicote? The other Chicote in these timelines? Obviously, he wouldn't be in the one that he just came from, right? But he should be in the other ones. Well, I mean, it, no, because in in all of the others except for the Borg one, they explain why he's not in it. Like with the Seska one, yeah. everybody's off the everybody's off the ship, so he shouldn't even be there. In the future one, he's dead. In the bridge one, he obviously hasn't come to the ship yet. Yeah, and nobody uses their communicator in this episode. Right. Not because they, they set up that it doesn't work, but because that would put a huge plot hole. Because you would think that just because in the physical ship there are time spheres, that the their contemporaneous counterparts all over the ship still exist. Right. They don't cease to exist because there is these time. They're just different pockets of time. So we should still be able to communicate with the his contemporaneous Janeway. See, that's what I was thinking, too. But then I was wondering if like it was literally just these pockets on. the. So, you know, these pockets on the ship are those only only those parts are still in that present time. Like if you did walk through because remember when they walked through and they were able to walk through. They it looked like they just disappeared. Yes, but I'm assuming that because in the past when when they can't not exist, right? They have to exist. Like the time, it's not like you when you time travel. That would be like saying if you time travel backwards or forwards into the future, that you replace you. That, that which doesn't that doesn't follow. That doesn't right. Make any sense. So no no no. What I was thinking was each piece of the the Voyager like that. Like the the engineering piece of the Voyager from that time was pieced together with the the bridge part from that time with the astrometrics lab from that time. Like it was a it was a puzzle, which is why they did the puzzle at the beginning. This is how I t- I interpreted it. Um, it was a puzzle of all those different timelines pieced together to make one Voyager. So it like the it was it was a self contained engineering from that timeline, and they wouldn't be able to contact the bridge because. It wasn't there. They never tried. Yeah. So, but that's that's how I interpreted it based on the puzzle at the beginning. I suppose you could you could plausibly explain it either way. Chakotay he goes back and visits the doctor after Seska after escaping Seska, mm-hmm. and he has to explain to the doctor what we've already seen, right? Mm-hmm. So why not just cut cut that out and just have it cut in to the end of the story so we don't have to hear it again. Right. So one of the things that I was hoping would happen with this, and I'm kind of disappointed that it didn't happen, was that because he was traveling through, like, I'd, I don't know how many episodes there are, but this is season seven, obviously. So there's um, six seasons before this, where if there were any inconsistencies or plot holes, he was going to go to those timelines to explain or fill in that plot hole. Oh, interesting. Kind of a They didn't do that. They didn't. I know. But yeah, no. I was I was really hoping that's what they were going to do. Instead, it turned out to be like a weird clip show. Yeah. And it, it there was no urgency to it. So eventually Janeway and Chicote team up. The Janeway from the past teams up with the Chicote from the future and they have babies. The end. No. They And they turned out they to be go lizards. Through, yeah. <laughs> nope. Anyway, so but that ha- so there's this weird pacing problem with this episode, which is my least favorite part about this episode, is that there is no urgency. Mm-hmm. So they go from timeline, like even though there there isn't a sense that the ship is in immediate danger, you get the sense, hey, they need to fix this. Right. This is a problem. But they they essentially have this like mild jaunt through the ship, going from room to room as they're just walking, and in every scene, it's the same scene with different dialogue. Where, yeah. Yeah, he just says something. 
Janeway will be skeptical about something and he'll say, no, well, that's that in the future, this, this way. And she's like, I don't believe it. He's like, well, you better believe it. Yeah. And that's the end of the scene. Well, no, no, no. Walk no. And then they inject the virus and then they move on to the next one. Right. Or the vaccine, yeah. not the virus. They inject the vaccine. Yeah. It's like the most boring video game ever. <laughs> it's actually a very typical video game. You have to kind of do the same thing in each room and, you know, solve the same kind of puzzle. Um, so they get to the astrometrics lab. And again, like one of the things I thought would have been really cool here is he talks about the um, the temporal anomaly that that strikes them. And Ichib and Naomi are like, no, that's not what happened. You used the deflector dish and it just bounced off the the starship. And that was, and the, nothing, you know, like there there was no attack on yeah, the warp core. Fine. Yeah. And so, and then Chakotay is like, oh, that's what we have to do. Well, just instead of anybody else figuring out, like they, they're from the corrected timeline where none of this happened. That's actually a great idea that you just had. Because, because the, they get into... In that in that scene, they get into the temporal prime directive, right? Right. And by the way, for people concerned with not violating the temporal prime directive, they don't seem to care very much about violating the temporal prime directive in every single scene, right? We'll get to why that doesn't matter also later. Well, yeah, yes, but it would have been great as if they said, uh, "That's not what happens," but we can't tell you. Right? <laughs> we can't tell you. We can't tell you how to fix this. Chicote's like, Otherwise, what? why not? The like, temporal prime directive. You taught us that. Yeah. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> no, that would have been awesome. Now that would have changed. That would have, that would have made me like this episode is if in that scene, in the, the stupid scene, if they replaced the stupid scene with the scene where he, he tells them about the importance of following orders or following the prime directive mm. and right. And then mm-hmm. he has that lecture. It would have taken two minutes. Yeah. And not, hey, hide this from Neelix for me. Instead of that, have that. And then in this scene, they say, like, you taught us this. Yeah. We can't tell you, right? We can't Such do a good that. setup for such a good payoff. Yeah. But, but that doesn't happen. No, that doesn't happen. Ugh. But I will say, I will say, they did an excellent job finding actors who looked like their younger counterparts. Yes. Fun fact, Naomi is actually the Orbit Gum Girl. Hmm. She's the one. You're kidding me. No, she's fabulous. She looks totally different. I know. I know. Is the Orbit Gum Girl the same girl who sells? I can't tell if it's bidets or if it's oh, like a spray. Right, right. It's like a spray or something. I don't remember. Yeah, but no, she it's talks po- about it's poop. poopery. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. I don't believe so, but I'm not positive. But yeah, uh, Naomi and Imhotep uh, look exactly like they're younger, yes. like the young kids. And so here's where the callback go- comes back. You know, he's saying, "I never told Neelix where you hid the cider." But, like, it was a cute little callback. But what's funny about that is, like, it's 17 years later, and a dead person, I mean, you know, tying back to the random generator, like, a dead person from 17 years ago just walks through your door. And you're like, hey, I've been meaning to tell you. (laughs) Well, and that, again, that's a writing thing. Like, they could have such a, a, a poignant moment. Right. If it meant something more, right? And actually... The guy who plays the older Imhotep, he he is actually a good actor. I, I actually thought he was the best actor on the day, right? <laughs> like yeah. he, he's totally sold that moment of, hey, I did what you said. I never, you know. Right. It was like it was like a good way of saying, hey, you're missed, you know? Yeah. Like, we're sorry that you're dead. <laughs> I know it doesn't show right. at all, right? but we're super sorry. And, and it doesn't show at all. I know that. <laughs> but you can hear it in my voice. You can hear it. You can hear it in my words. 
that that we are sorry. Not inside. really, because I'm smiling. I'm smiling really like brightly right now, <laughs> even though you're dead. <laughs> and I know you're going to die. Ignore like, my face. To me, ignore the tone. You are dead. Just yeah, listen to the. Look at let, let me write this down so you can see how I'm actually feeling. <laughs> and then he goes and like a bunch of hearts, and, like smiley faces. <laughs> Never mind. I'm, I'm, I'm really don't, bad. Don't at this. Look at their... <laughs> <laughs> I've had a hard time showing emotions for about 17 years now. You know how when we were watching Relics, and I said, "This episode is awesome just because of its potential," right? Mm-hmm. And this episode, this episode is terrible just because of its potential, right? <laughs> Yeah. But for Relics, the episode was good all by itself. Right. It raised a whole lot and it could like it could have expanded into so much more, which would have been good. But that episode was was good unto itself, kind of like the anomaly episode of Enterprise. Yes, it's it was it's not sort of almost accidentally good just because of the writing. Right. right? And and the, the context of the thing. Right. And for this episode, like the premise was great. And there were so many things where just a little bit of tweaking could have made it amazing. And instead, it was it was fun sci-fi, and it's definitely you know Star Trek in that regard. Like the start, the the sci-fi was inherent to the plot. There's no way you could do this anywhere else. But it was just a an okay episode because they made it kind of a a mediocre clip show. There wasn't any reason for those specific timelines to be there, other than first off having that contrast with Janeway, but then being like, hey, remember Seska? Hey, remember Bride of Chaotica? Every single interaction is is not a, a meaningful interaction. Right. It's either, it's, it's Chakotay uh, having to prove that he's from the future and that it's in everybody's best interest to believe him. Yeah. Or the scene is predicated on the one-dimensionality of the motivation of the, every character. Right. Janeway is a skeptical captain. Seska is the evil mastermind and also hot for Chakotay. Yes. Right? The doctor is a bellyaching dick. You know, Balana uh, is just d- d- Balana is a headstrong military. Like the right. Tuvok is Vulcan. Like every single interaction. Well, yeah, it was. It was kind of like look, look at how much these characters have grown based on who they used to be. And and we didn't really need that. But how, like, just you saying all that, how amazing would it have been if the Doctor was his usual self? Like there wasn't anything about like being a prison in these four walls or whatever. Like he, you know, he says something about how he has to stay in the in the in the office, and and Chicote knows that without like. St- explicitly stating he's not he can't leave and after chakotay leaves kes comes out and is like doctor i have these for you and she's and he's like ah thank you kes and like that's where the scene ends that would have been way better way better yeah showing showing the things that we don't know instead of showing the things that we already know yeah in the past so they go into seven to nine and they concoct the the bio neural circuitry idea where they inject it with the time serum Mm-hmm. And so the thing about these these like these bioneural gel pack things is that they use them from time to time as a plot device, right? right? Or to fix something. Like I think they get a cold at a certain point or something like that, which is yeah. interesting, right? It's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they never they they never explain what they do. What are they there for? Right? Like why are they better than another ship, like the regular ships that use just regular circuitry? I feel like it's explained in the first episode, if not a couple times, like repeated in the first season. But I, I don't, I don't remember why. I think one of the reasons is because being, being biological, it's able to heal itself. And I think there was something about the neural processors makes it either like able to learn or adapt or process faster. I think that's. Yeah, I, I mean, 
It never, it never is. It's only because they're malfunctioning and that's, that's why they use them. It's never, it's never to give them any kind of advantage. Right. Yeah. The, the story is always because there's something wrong with it, which is cool. It, it's a unique storyline that hasn't happened in any other, in, in any of the other series. I mean, if they learn anything from Voyager is that they should, they should cancel the bio packs or whatever. Like they should <laughs> right. never use them ever again. Right. Cause all they do is cause problems. Cause new problems. Yep. Speaking of problems, they should cut out the whole holodeck scene. The whole thing. Yes. It doesn't make any sense. It's way too long and it's stupid. Yes. Okay, so the first thing that happens is is Janeway walks into it and like she's never been in a holodeck before. Right? She's like, What is this? A monochromatic area? Where where are we right now? Like like what do you like you even if you didn't if even if they didn't have to walk from one like room to another room, which is how the holodeck works. It's not like magically you just, you walk into a room without a door. It's like, we're in the holodeck now. No, you have to go through these big sliding, like giant X-Men doors. Right. Right. Yeah. And she's like, where are we? I have never seen a place like this. Please tell me. Like she would, she, she would have to know what a holodeck is. It's on her ship. So she'd probably do the math. Oh, we haven't crossed into some monochromatic dimension. We we're on a holodeck. Right. 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 <laughs> Even the fact that I didn't see them go into the holodeck and then all it, it all of a sudden was in black and white. I was like, oh, they're on the holodeck. Right. Right. Instantly. Yeah. And I don't even live in the future. <laughs> I'm watching it through a time portal. <laughs> exactly. And I was given less information than she was not being the captain of a Federation ship. Yeah. So that has like five holodecks on it anyway. So. There's that part. And then there's the part where I could give less of a diddly about that whole recurring 50s sci-fi holodeck thing that they keep bringing back. Mm -hmm. Like I could care zero about it. I I know that they love it. They think it's the greatest thing ever. And that's why they kept using it. But do you care about that whole thing? (sighs) So, (laughs) so they brought it back three times. It was your favorite part. No, 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 it wasn't. It wasn't. They, They brought it back three times. And Robert Duncan McNeil was actually really sad that they only brought it back th- twice. Like he he was really hoping that they would do a lot more with Chaotica, but I I feel like it was brought in in like the fifth season or even the sixth season, and so they happened so close together that it wasn't it it wasn't dispersed enough to be to make it entertaining. Instead, it felt like it was repetitive, and they and it didn't really each time didn't really bring anything new. It was hammy. It was the same conflict. It was the same thing, uh, same concept as the Moriarty thing with the holodeck in next gen, right? Except the Moriarty thing, there was some depth to what was happening. In this, it was just these sort of automa, one dimensional automatons carrying out a program that they can't escape because the holodeck controls are offline. Right. Right. And it just, it gets old. I would equate it more to the gangster, um, Dixon Hill in, you know, that that was where Picard. Dixon Hill. Yeah. Dick Dixon, um, where he actually liked to go there and, you know, escape Waxana. Um, but it was, it was used sporadically enough and the plots in there were different enough that it made it fun and interesting to see. Whereas, Chaotica was, or Captain Proton, was so one note and it was so just over the top. And and I think I could be wrong, but the, like either either we're remembering wrong because they were so grating, um, or they happened so close together 
that we didn't have enough time to get away from it. And then when it came back, it was like, oh, yeah, this. This is actually kind of a fun, you know, tongue-in-cheek thing. It was, oh, gosh, it's this again. And that's how I felt when this came on again. Like, when, you know, I I haven't watched this in at least 15 years. And when it came on, I was like, oh, I remember this. Yeah, you just don't care about it. Right. There was nothing fun about it. And frankly, I don't really care about the Dixon Hill stuff either. I just, oh, okay. I, I understand. I understand. I like it probably better than the sci-fi thing in this show, but I, I just, I don't know. It, it was a, it was designed as a departure from the normal Star Trek show, which I get. Right. But I just didn't care. I just wanted, why can't he be on the ship? Like doing stuff. <laughs> why do you have to take a, like same thing with that DS nine episode where they're all like Cisco is just a writer and this like, takes place. Oh, in the I can't wait to get to that one. Like that. Yeah. I can. I could wait a long time. <laughs> well, no, because it's considered it's considered one of like the best DS9 episodes and I think it's because of its message, but I I believe that it's not sci-fi. So, you know, I'm It's not. Right. I I well, I'm I'm thinking it might be like Life on Mars-esque sci-fi, but we'll see. Anyway, yeah. we're not there yet and that's not the episode we're talking we're about. We're not there yet. Right. Yeah. But that's interesting that you uh like I I the the DS9 one Kind of take it or leave it because it was a one shot and Dixon Hill. Dixon Hill I enjoyed just because it was fun to see like Picard act a little bit more like a schlub rather than the prim and proper captain. But yeah, the the Captain Proton, like I think I think it would have been more fun if Paris had treated it more like a video game that he was playing that he wanted to get to. Like that would have been so cool. A holodeck video game that isn't just that weird game that I think there's one like in season one or two of enterprise or next generation. Um, but if it was like a, a fully immersed video game that he had levels that he had to pass through and like he, he gained power ups and, and that kind of thing, like that would have been fun to see like somebody who was actually like itching to, to be off duty so he could go back to his video game. And like occasionally um, Harry Kim joined him as his like player two. Like, I feel like, I feel like if that was the case, then Captain Proton could have been a lot more fun if it was just played as a video game rather than some serial over the top thing. But isn't that what the holodeck is? What? Isn't it more of a video game than it is a narrative movie or something like that? Like you are interacting with it more like a video game than you are with a, as a movie, right? Which you don't interact with at all. Like it's not, it's, I don't think if it was more like a movie, you would just be sort of this omnipotent being that it can walk around the narrative but doesn't interact with it whereas in this it's more like a video game where because you are a character in the narrative so so it is kind of like it yes but i've i've always interpreted those video games to be more like mist where it's it's puzzle solving and you're just trying to get from one clue to another um kind of like this episode whereas i'm picturing captain proton would have been like literally like one of the action video games where he can find things that would give him, you know, whatever, like super strength for like 30 seconds or, you know, through the level he like he has to collect X amount of, you know, uh, proton reactors before he can actually like put the thing together. You know, so I mean, and that that may have been what the original intention was now saying those things like I do feel like that was kind of the the overall story, but it was just it was done more as a movie story style rather than an actual video game. Here's your objective to overcome. And I, I get I get the idea that they're juxtaposing supposedly a very serious Star Trek show next to a tongue in cheek throwback silly science fiction. Right. B movie, right? yeah. So yeah. I, I get it. 
but I don't know. I just never found it interesting or funny or, or charming. Yeah. I mean, and it was, I think that was also because it was starting to get repetitive in what the scenes were, you know, like you had to get into that timeline. You had to explain what you were doing or you had to sneak around and do it. And then you had to move on to the next one. Right. But they just, they casually saunter mm-hmm. from one room to another. There's no, right. they don't like, they don't seem to care. Like it, it's just, there's no urgency at all. It bugged the crap out of me. Yeah. There's no, there's no timeline. on. There's no time limit. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's no ticking clock. Right. So they finally get out of the holodeck and there's a discussion at some point. I think it's after Tuvok dies, after he does the salute that's so cheesy mm-hmm. so un- un- unearned well and they tried to make it even more earned i don't know if you heard it or not but they actually played the the star trek theme under his yeah. death yeah it just wasn't we hadn't seen tuvok the whole episode <laughs> right. and then he dies yeah. and it, bum, bum, bum. it's like it's like they were playing it as though it was spock in the second star trek movie. that was exactly like, what they were doing no, yeah. yeah this is not you don't get this right why first of all you don't get this second of all why if if you think you get this why are you saving it for this moment (laughs) when we know everything is going to be okay yeah right yeah so they have this discussion about whether or not they should change the future should chakotay tell janeway how to not get thrown into the the delta quadrant and i honestly i understand the idea don't mess with the timeline because you could totally mess things up so they could be worse right right but could things be worse at this point? I mean, so like, why not? I, I can see there being an argument of maybe I should tell her, don't do that thing with the caretaker. Just walk away. Don't, it's going to cause a lot of problems. And then look me up. You know, I'm not a bad guy. We can go have dinner and not have sex. Right. right because at that point you'd be engaged and actually probably married. Right. Uh, and so I don't know. Do you think, not necessarily in the context of this episode, but do you think that he should have told her to do something so, about the future? Okay, well, so in this particular episode, it's kind of a moot point because she says, if Chicote does his job right, we won't remember any of this. And as soon as she said that, I was like, then why doesn't Chicote just go ahead and tell you everything? Like, right. Like there was, and why wouldn't they remember it? Well, yeah, I mean, if the, if the temporal prime directive is to avoid people knowing about their future so they can't change it, like, and you're going to forget this, then the temporal prime directive is out the window. And, like, I mean, I guess maybe it just depends on what the temporal anomaly is as to whether or not you'd remember. I guess, but I, but he's still, even after that moment, he's still guarded, but I know. ultimately conceived. He's, he ultimately starts, you know, divulging all of these facts. He's like, she's like, well, tell me what happens in the future. He's like, sorry, I can't do that temporal time prime directive. She says, please tell me about the things in the future. He's like, all right, right. twist my arm. Here's what happens in the future. Ah, three times. And, Yeah. And it's like, okay, okay. So I can see in order to get this job done, maybe you need a little bit more information or I couldn't help myself, but to tell you, it would be really hard not to tell you, I suppose, if I were in that, that situation too. Right. And so he, he divulges things and I don't even know if he does that knowing that she's going to forget it either Mm -hmm. because he still doesn't give all of the information. He's still sort of cagey about it. Right. But then to jump ahead a little bit, at the end, the last conversation he has with the actual contemporaneous Janeway after everything is fixed, uh, she just sort of inquires casually about what had happened. And he says, you keep asking questions to, to answers I can't give you, a temporal prime directive. Like, he's super cagey about it. So, like, what what's going on? Why would it, first of all, why would it be harmful to tell somebody about something that happened in the past already? Exactly. Yep, I have that. I have that exact note. Why can't he answer? It's the past. The time is done. Yep. 
It's done. Yep. Right? Unless she knows something that we don't. Unless that's Seska. Um, but to to answer your question, in in a, an instance like this where Chicote's back in the past and she's like, you know, so tell me all this stuff. I almost feel like I would tell her actually what happened for for two reasons. One, so she knows what the choice is that she made and once she has the rest of the information, she can like she can either feel more confident in making that choice. Or at least understand why she made that choice. Well, and also it could it could introduce some interesting story points where you tell her, and she makes a change, but it doesn't. It still puts them into the Delta Quadrant, but something else is different. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Have something be different when he comes back to his own timeline, and it's unexplainable. And maybe he has to ask somebody, or like he has blonde hair now, or something. <laughs> Just make it do something. Tattoo spread across his face. <laughs> Says F you, Chicote. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and the other thing too for for a show, so they the original idea for Voyager was very much going to be like season 3, 3 or 4 of Enterprise where they were cast out, they didn't have resources, you know, or they didn't have a place to to renew their resources. I think I think I talked about this with the anomaly episode. And Brannon, I think, and the studios got so nervous about that that like as the series started, they were like, nope, never mind. Like, they're, we're going to be able to reset, you know, both for, like, syndication and just because, like, that's what people want to see. But once you're in, like, the sixth or seventh season like this, like, it would have been so great if they had planted something in a previous episode that was, you know, was really questioned or unexplained or something like that that got answered in this episode. Some Something randomly pops up. You know, and like some someone's like, oh, I can't find this, and they really need it, and then it just appears, and they're like, oh, okay, great. And like at the time, it would have been like, what? How did that even happen? And then when this show, when this episode came up, Chicote remembered that moment and took that piece and like put it over next to them, you know, and walked out again. Or plant something for the end, right? right. Plant plant something in this episode that's going to happen later. That I mean, they knew at this point they knew how it was going to end, so. Put it in there. Yeah. Yeah. Or reference but something didn't. that happened in Shattered in Endgame. Or vice versa. Right. Yeah. Or use it. Use it. In, in not not even reference. Use some element of it. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Or even just, even if it was just something up on the screen. If you saw, right? Because the, at, the, at a certain point, you see sort of the Borg cluster of something in Endgame. Right? Right. And it's sort of a bunch of Borg cubes going. It's like a, it's like a I don't know, a terminal or something. And have that be on the screen when when he goes and sees Imhotep and, and what's her name? Right. And that would have been interesting. You're like, oh, what, what's going on there? That would have been, instead yeah, of this, very just, cool. Instead of the, them just having a, a nice casual day in astrometrics, mm-hmm. why not have them thrust into some sort of uh, conflict? Yeah. One of two things would happen. It would either be a very cool Easter egg and foreshadowing, or it would just would have been a very cool scene to have in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it wasn't connected to Endgame. Right. Having them be in a battle of some kind with the Bork. Right. I don't know. Would have been would have been interesting. Yeah. But they didn't do that. They were just having a ham sandwich. And, <laughs> and that's it. So to wrap up the episode, so we're let's get back to Seska. And he he tries diplomacy and the as they're walking in, you know, Janeway's like, Well, on page two, it's like you better have a plan B and something tells me you already do. Um Right. And and so this was probably the best part of the episode where they brought everything to together. 
Yeah, where they 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 were at least somewhat clever about everything. Mm-hmm. And I will say that when Seven of Nine saves the day, it is kind of cool. Yes, I was like, oh, this is cool. Right, right. Yeah, this is how you use this is how you use your characters accordingly. <laughs> right. There is a conversation though that that past Janeway has with Chakotay, where she's kind of flirty with him. She's like, so tell me. Oh, I know. <laughs> How close do we get? And he says, his response is, there are some barriers we never cross. And I took that to mean anal. <laughs> I don't know if you if you had another interpretation. I did. Yep. I don't know. I don't know how you would, but but I'm open to it. Damn, Unlike Jake. Jamie. What are you planning on doing? Don't tell me. I want, I don't want, I'm excited to find out. <laughs> but the flirtiness that she has with Chakotay for some reason makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's because it's, it's because she's the captain right? and she shouldn't be talking to her second in command that way. Or if it's an acting thing or I'm just, I'm just not, it's like misconstru- misconstruing what the type of vibe she's supposed to be giving out. I don't know. Do you feel this way? I, I, I did not myself? in that instance. I actually, I felt like she, she was kind of like, well, I want to kiss you, but I don't, if that's inappropriate. <laughs> Especially since I just out. left my fiance like two weeks ago. But yeah, like, it, yeah. So that's kind of how I took it. Just, you know, she was like, so are we going to kiss at the end of this scene? You know, and he's like, no, no, we never do that. And she's like, okay, well, then I'll just shake your hand. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, it was just for Janeway's spank bank. That's what I think. Because she already had a fiance. Right, right. right. Yeah. A, a fiance yeah. who passed Janeway has just left. Like, this is not, yeah, this is not something. Oh, no, no. I, I thought that she was still with the fiance. No, no. Like, when I say and just that... left, I mean, like, she she just boarded the, the she just boarded Voyager oh, to go on her, her mission. She, right. Yeah. Right. Got it. Not, not they, they separated, but she was, she was just with him like a couple days ago. And now she's hanging out with Chakotay for like, what? It's a couple yeah, hours. A better deal to look forward to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so how much do I have to look forward to in this, uh, isolation? <laughs> Nothing from me. Can you touch your nose with your tongue? <laughs> just, just understanding parameters. <laughs> My safe word is keep going. <laughs> I don't have a safe word. <laughs> and he's like, I know. It's a big problem. It's a big problem in the future. My safe word is that doesn't count. <laughs> it's long, but effective. <laughs> all right. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah. It's just all hunky dory at the end. There's no questions. Yep. Reset well, there back are to questions zero. That don't get, Season yeah, seven. Fine. There's like 12 episodes left and it just resets back to zero. Oh, oh man. Too bad. Too bad. It's well, and just with shows being the way they are now, like they're, there is so much more allowed with serialization. Like I, I think it's because not because of the lack of syndication, but I think it's because streaming now allows all episodes to be shown in order where even network sitcom shows are allowed to have new characters introduced like halfway through the season or something happened to characters that changes their dynamic. Like they move or, you know, a family member dies or something like that where it doesn't impact the the quality of the show and it, it actually i feel like improves it because well they're they're not worried about syndication they're not worried about having to reset because you have so many streaming platforms that allow you to watch the episodes in the order that they are supposed to be whereas syndication was literally any episode any time 
Um, and that's why so many series tried to reset to zero as much as possible. Yeah. And now they, I think it's more of a stylistic thing than anything, you know, I mean, which part I, I resetting to we, zero or not? No, just having it be very serious, almost like it's a 12 episode movie or a 12 hour long movie. Right. I don't like episodic stuff anymore. I want it to be this long serialized narrative. I think, I think it depends on the show. And obviously, you know, we know what we're getting into when we're getting into these shows. Like it's not, you know, if this was Picard and it was resetting at the end of each episode, that would be weird. Whereas it would be this weird throwback. That's all it would be. Yeah. Taken as I would not be surprised if, if lower decks does that just because it is a comedy and comedies have a tendency to, to reset. Um, but, but they don't need to like last man standing, um, has had lots of changes in their, in their show. Um, what's another one? Brooklyn nine, nine has, but anyway, yeah, I they mean, reset, but, yeah. but a lot of their, a lot of Brooklyn nine, nines, it's almost like arrested development where a lot of their, comedy comes from self-referencing right which doesn't happen in a syndicated way no um but definitely not but yeah i mean how how you're gonna edit this i don't know but to tie this all back my point being that season seven they they knew they had 23 episodes they knew that it was going to be the last season if not the second to last season because that at that point it would have been the longest running star trek series so they i feel like they could have done more with taking more risks and having things bleed from one episode to the next. And it's just very disappointing having a time-altering episode reset at the end. They didn't put a lot of effort in in the writing, in the acting, in the, right? Because they're just mm -hmm. walking down the hallway in between, you know, yeah. timelines. And it was just the same scene in different settings. And consequently, yeah. the dialogue and different, was different. Just different dialogue. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but the the objective in every scene was the same, and it it made it it made it repetitive. It made it okay to watch. I mean, I would definitely suggest this episode to someone because it is it is a fun episode, like with the with the sci fi aspect of it. But the, I don't. I mean, the the ethical moral dilemma was just kind of do I tell you or not? But that ultimately became a moot point at the end since everybody's memory was erased anyway. So I would say like, yeah, this was this was a an okay to a good episode of television but it's not a proper star trek episode yeah i agree i mean they could have it could have been converted Absolutely. very easily into one by having there be some consequences for him telling her about the future right right mm -hmm. where they were wrong about them not remembering something is different or somebody's dead who comes back later or something you know they'll be dead forever right but just do something where and then it would have been a, a good a tale of morality yeah yeah. Where there's a reason we have these rules. You don't just get to, but you know, of course, Janeway, Janeway is sort of a walking morality with that. It's like, oh, you, you, you spout all these rules, except when it's not convenient. Right. <laughs> and then you break them. Morality be damned. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually you saying that it would have been very cool if just like for this, these last 12 episodes, they hired back Brad Dourif as the, the Betazoid. Do you remember him? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. That would have been cool. Like, and you know, so that was, that was how he altered the timeline in some way. Um, you know, talking about the Maquis and like all these different things and, um, or, or he's captain <laughs> like the next episode. He's the actual captain and Janeway is like a, a lowly ensign for some reason. Right. <laughs> right. Mutiny. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah. Let's see what we're watching next. Sounds good. I'm going to say that better. Let's see what we're watching next. Okay. Let's see what we're watching. DS9. Okay. 
Season 6, Episode 5, Favor the Bold. With morale sinking as the Federation continues to lose against the Dominion Cardassian Alliance, Cisco launches a plan to retake Deep Space Nine. Oh, this could be interesting. Right. A heist? Right. 